Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. The psalmist says, With you, O God, is unfailing love. Another translation is, With you, O God, steadfast love belongs, O Lord. Another says, And faithful love is yours, O God. There are certain places in our lives that feel safe. They're sanctuaries, perhaps a church, but not necessarily. They are places where love and grace and mercy can be sensed and can be felt. They are places that become for us sanctuaries because they offer a place of of peace, of, of safety, a space of security. When life gets hard, is there a place where you find refuge? What place offers this kind of feeling for you? You might have more than one, perhaps a park, perhaps a room in your home, a place at a piano, a garden you tend, a relative's home. Is there a place where you feel like when you enter it, it is a refuge, a sanctuary for you? Do you know a place that becomes safe, provides peace, or embodies grace when you enter it? A place where in entering you feel like you can trust those surroundings and you can breathe deep. Throughout my own life, I have found this kind of peace in small natural refuges close to the busy life where I live. When I was a teenager, I would seek refuge, a place of safety, under a tree at St. Paul's Catholic Church. As an adult, when I lived in New Jersey, I regularly walked the trail along Carnegie Lake and entered the wild peace that was right there. When I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, Cherokee Park, so close to the heart of the city, offered a space of sanctuary that felt so separate from the busyness of the streets and the buildings and the people there. These days, paths along Belle Isle and the boardwalk at Patterson Park have offered me these kinds of places for peace. But similarly, I remember as a child, I remember going to my grandparents' house and having a sense of this same peace, a home where love and warmth embraced you when you entered in through its doors. People, too, can offer this sense of sanctuary. A safe place can offer a refuge from the anxiety, the frustration, the fear of the world, And at preschools, it has become common 
to have a tent or some kind of semi-enclosed space where children can go when they feel upset or hurt or alone to regain their sense of well-being. At my daughter's school, they've gone so far as to add photos inside of loved ones that they can go and see and remember who cares for them. Which brings me to another question, a related question, which is, who is someone for you that becomes this kind of refuge? Who in their very presence can help you feel safe? In their presence, you do not have to ask yourself if you can trust this person. You can talk to them. You can share with, without expecting any kind of judgment. Who is someone who will love you through all the hard times? People can become this safe place for us, especially when we feel like we can be at home in ourselves when we are with them. The author Terry Tempest Williams wrote this moving memoir called Refuge about the loss of her mother, but it's also simultaneously about the loss of her home and its habitat around it. She remembers the safety that she experienced both in the physical place as well as the person of her mother. And in her grief of losing these two sources of sanctuary in her life, she writes, My refuge exists in my capacity to love. It was the encounter with love in the sanctuary of her mother, in the sanctuary of this home, this habitat, this place, it was the capacity to love that made both so important to her. And that love she was able to keep her whole life long. The psalmist who writes Psalm 62 faces an experience of feeling alone, hurt, unsafe, and the psalmist seeks refuge. The psalmist has faced the troubles of, of people in their life behaving in unhealthy ways. The psalmist describes the destructive, the diminishing, the corrosive behaviors of people consumed by the seeming necessity of their own expectations and demands and the weight of all of this pressured onto the world that the psalmist lives in. I suppose in our lives, we might say that many of us have known this same kind of feeling some months now. But the psalmist does not accuse or belittle or complain. Rather, the psalmist brings this struggle to God because steadfast love belongs to the Lord. Steadfast love. This phrase, steadfast love, is repeated throughout Scripture. It is how we translate a particular biblical word, the word hesed, 
that appears throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, throughout the Old Testament. It has a meaning that is so deep and so wide that it is almost impossible to translate with so simple a definition as steadfast love. It can mean mercy. It can mean faithfulness. It can mean compassion, grace. I've even seen it translated as loving kindness. Now, on the surface, hesed appears to be an emotion, a a feeling, a, a, a human instinct. But a deeper understanding of, of hesed recognizes that it is not hesed if actions do not align with the emotion. Hesed is steadfast love, but steadfast love is something that is embodied, that is acted out, that is shared with hearts and with hands, and never by words alone. And so the psalmist knows this steadfast love that God gives when they say, only in God is my refuge and salvation found. Only in God do I find hope. Only in God is my rest. The psalmist trusts God with their whole self, their whole being, because it is God who has established and created these things for us to know. Those places that are sanctuaries for us can give this sense of peace that God's hesed gives. Those people who are safe, who support us in hard times, point to the experience of of hesed and, and love and compassion that we know from God. Refuge and sanctuary are, after all, the work of God's grace. And when the world is troubled, the psalmist remembers that God is still faithful because of God's hesed, because of God's steadfast love, because of God's faithfulness. And the psalmist turns to others in the text, in the psalm, turns to us and says, all you people... Trust in God at all times. Pour your hearts out before the Lord, for God is our refuge. The source of steadfast love, though we may embody it, though we may share it, though we may live it, the source of steadfast love is God. And when people feel like the psalmists, like you and I, when we have experienced steadfast love, it becomes a part of us, and we can share it. You see, steadfast love is is something that God gives to people so that they, too, might give it. That in the same ways we can offer experiences of, of hesed for one another, just as God has given us an experience from God, though doing so, doing this act of sharing, this embodying of steadfast love, this hesed, 
comes from our own deeply held faith and our trust in God first. You see, Hesed is not just for friends or for people that we like or those we simply agree with or get along with easily. Hesed is a commitment of of faithful love given beyond what is customary. Hesed is not earned, it's not expected, it's not deserved. Living out and living from God's steadfast love, we live our own sense of mercy and compassion and care that belong to God and have become our own as the result of having experienced God's own hesed. People can share and become refuge for one another And after all, it is one of our responsibilities as disciples of Christ when we come to call ourselves the body of Christ. We cannot experience this hesed when we are consumed by our own anger or frustration or hate. Our ability to be refuge is diminished by emotions and actions that divide people and divide our own individual selves. Steadfast love, hesed, is an experience of refuge, of safety, of trust, of of hopefulness, and it comes when we make space to experience this steadfast love in one another in other people. It comes when we, when we listen for what breaks our hearts, what makes others vulnerable. And listening might be the deepest action that can cultivate hesed for one another. The willingness to listen fully to the heart of another person is so extraordinary. In a complex world with complex divisions, we need, the need is spoken again and again about how we must be listening for one another. It's emphasized repeatedly, and yet it is so difficult to listen to another if we feel afraid or if we lack safety. It is difficult to listen if we are not regularly immersed first in listening to God. We need to listen first for the ways that God's steadfast love endures in the world, not just for ourselves, but for all people whom God loves so dearly. I want to leave you with a story, a story that I think models this this kind of listening, this looking for God's hesed and then embodying it. It is a story of refuge where there was risk, which embodied a community that was offering hesed for others. It comes from a, a book 
that we read my first Lent as pastor of this church. We read the book Geography of God by Presbyterian pastor Michael Linval, and in the book he tells the story of a friend, Fuad Bahnan, who was pastor of a church in Beirut, Lebanon. He was an Arab Christian, and his church was located in overwhelmingly Muslim West Beirut. And in 1983, when armies invaded Lebanon, they were driving north toward the city. Members of this church were confident that that they would eventually take Beirut and try to starve out the city to prevent any resistance. It was a complicated war, rife with politics. And the session of Banan's church decided to arrange for the purchase of a vast amount of canned food to prepare for this coming siege. And they were right. The leaders of this church were right. The siege came, and Beirut was cut off. Nothing and no one came in or out including food. So having stockpiled this food, the session of the church came together to make arrangements for its distribution. Two proposals were brought to the table. The first, for the distribution of the food to members of the congregation first, and then to other Christians as the supplies were permitted, and then finally, if there was anything left over, to Muslims in their community. The counter-proposal was dramatically different. It suggested to distribute to the Muslim neighbors first, and then to non-member Christians And then finally, if there was anything left over, to the members of the church. This session meeting lasted for six hours. I heard some audible moments. Elders who are currently serving or have served on session, aren't you glad our meetings aren't this long? But after six hours, finally, a... A woman, a much respected elder, stood up and she said, If we do not demonstrate the love of Christ in this place, who will? And the second proposal passed. The food was distributed. And in the end, there was more than enough food for everybody that they sought to distribute food to, including the members of the church. For they acted with faith. They acted with hesed, with steadfast love. May you hear God's hesed alive in you today. May you live from this experience of hesed that you know. And may you become hesed for another tomorrow and the day after that and all the days past that. And all thanks and praise be to Christ our Lord today and always. Amen.